Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. 
and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in, and we welcome me back into the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Let's see if I can still remember everything. KevinSlaytonShow.com. That's where we have the live show, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 Central Time. The podcast, of course, can be heard here on our website, also on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and any place you listen to podcasts. We are there. And we are back. So we welcome ourselves back. And we thank you for your patience. Said that we had a nice vacation down at the Houston Astros uh, Spring Training Facility and the Floridian Golf Club and Resort, owned by the Astros owner, Jim Crane. His largesse knows no limits. It is, uh, it is fun to see about 20 different guys that he brings down every year. My son was uh, also one of them. So we had a father-son weekend, too. But the fact that he will still remember all of these guys from St. Louis when he is in the ranks of the billionaires, when he plays golf with presidents and runs a Major League Baseball franchise and owns countless other businesses, this is really a, a tribute to his North County upbringings. Delwood, Missouri should be proud. Lutheran North High School, Central Missouri State, all alma maters of Jim Crane. So we were... Fortunate and certainly grateful for the time we spent there. A lot of fun with old friends. Played golf with Reggie Jackson. How about that? Reggie hit our ball. We were playing a scramble, and he hit our ball and accused one of our players of hitting his ball. Come on, Reggie. I was a nice guy, though. Every time he'd hit a shot that was a good shot, and I'd say, great shot, Reggie. He'd turn to me and tip his cap as if he had just hit a home run in Yankee Stadium in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> Very quiet, unassuming guy, believe it or not. He wasn't that way as a player. But we had a lot of fun. A lot of great people. And if you ever get a chance to play golf at the Floridian and stay there, um, it is a wonderful resort. Cottages all over the uh, property, 350 acres. Great place. So I won't tell you how lucky I was. I was just lucky. Let's just put it that way. We had a lot of fun. But we're Glad to be back because so many things happen every time we take any time off. We don't take time off very often. Almost never do I take a week at a time off except at Christmas. And look what goes on when I leave. Tucker Carlson gets video of January 6th that was hidden. It's given to him by Kevin McCarthy, for which we will eternally tip our cap to Kevin McCarthy. Thank you, sir. You're starting to show like a true conservative patriot. And then Tucker Carlson, against all resisting pressures, airs it on Fox. Now, even though we take aim 
at the Murdoch family for compromising the principles that made Fox great, we have to also tip our cap to them. They have stood by Tucker Carlson's airing of this video despite the most powerful criticism and pressure that can be brought to bear on a news agency. The very government that we have elected to run our country has descended into Nazism, censorship, and law-breaking at will. And they did it all in one day with the January 6th video. They hid exculpatory evidence from defendants, which is preposterous in this country. That's what the Duke Lacrosse case was all about. It is the worst, most egregious act any legal professional can perform. It's the worst. You're saying you know someone is innocent because you have the evidence to prove it, and you won't provide it. You'll hide it so that innocent people can be jailed. It's the worst thing anyone in the legal profession can do. And yet Pelosi, Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, Adam Kinzinger, Raskin, Benny Thompson, all of them knowingly withheld exculpatory evidence and lied to you every single day. Do you care? Apparently not. Most people don't. Scary, isn't it? I was never so chilled. I think this was the most important development in the history of this country when Tucker Carlson aired those videos. Because here's what it told us. The government that we have elected will intentionally hold political prisoners for long durations in solitary confinement, four-year prison sentence for the guy with the horns coming out of his head. He didn't do anything wrong. The video proved it. So there's two questions that we need to ask after last week's developments with the video as well as the investigation into the origin of the COVID virus. And those two questions are simple ones. Why would liberals deliberately hide video from January 6th that would have allowed people to walk free? Why? Why? And why did this same government lie repeatedly to you about the origins of the COVID virus when any right-thinking person knew it was a lab leak? Why? We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into a lot more, but we also want to tell you about our good friends at Window World. They're simply the best for less, and it's provable. All you have to do is call them like I did, 314-993-1800, and they'll come out and give you a free in-home estimate. 314-993-1800. They'll prove to you how they're simply the best for less, and they'll prove to you why they're the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. They'll prove it to you. There's only two uh, windows that get the good housekeeping seal of approval in this country. Window World is one of them. Ranked number one in terms of windows sold in our country. That's right. Numero uno. Not bad. Here's what sets Window World apart, though. They provide you with a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. No one else does that. 
Now, how can they do that? They provide double-strength glass in their windows. That's the normal window. That's not an upsell item. That's what you get. And by the way, since I mentioned price, compare Window World to the competition. You'll find out, as friends of mine have done, that it's absurd. Window World is much less expensive than the competition for the same product. Make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Double-strength glass windows, insulation, service, everything. It's a joke. The competition is so far behind. Get a free in-home estimate from Window World, 314-993-1800, where they offer 18 months same-as-cash financing with approved credit. In addition, with my Window World windows, I found out something else. My utility bills went down. Unintended consequence of a good decision. Good for Window World. Well, um, as we were gone watching baseball and playing golf, apparently the city of St. Louis's esteemed Mayor Tashara Jones has announced the formation of a nine-person reparations commission. <laughs> we'll get into that a little later. So a city, if I, let me see if I can understand this. A city that is completely and financially broke has now authored a commission to give more money away to undeserving people. Huh. That's fascinating. As long as you're black, you can qualify. But I noticed one thing they did say, descendants of enslaved people. Those were also people eligible. So that means me. I don't live in the city of St. Louis, but if I did, that means me. I'm Irish. Irish people were enslaved long before the black people were. So are they going to give reparations to Irish people that live in St. Louis? Because there's plenty of them. What do you want to bet? Go down there and make your play for reparations if you're a white Irishman or Irish woman. Take your red hair down there and ask them, hey, look, I'm proving I'm Irish. I have red hair. I want reparations from my enslaved descendants. Or, or, um, I'm, I'm a descendant, excuse me, of the enslaved Irish population. Where's my money? Aaron Gobra. Where's my money? I brought my lucky shamrock with me. You think Tashara Jones and her nine-person liberal freak commission will hand anything over to you? Well, if you were wondering, the answer is, of course, they won't. (laughs) I mean, are you serious? Surely you can't be serious. And of the ones that I've seen pictured for this reparations committee or commission, only one of them is white. Now, there might be more. I've only seen pictures of six of them. Maybe they're hiding the other ones. But only one of them is white. So let's just say the other three were white, which, you know, they were not. That would be a 5-4 advantage for blacks on the commission. But I haven't seen the other three. So I'm, I'm withholding judgment. Some guy by the name of Dr. David Cunningham is the one white guy in the picture that I've seen. But I haven't seen all nine of them, and I'm wondering why that is. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. 
But even David Cunningham is the sociology chair at Washington University. Washington University. That's like he's as liberal as a liberal freak can be. They also have the Washington University Associate Dean for Diversity on the commission. What do you think his viewpoint is when it comes to white Irish people trying to get reparations? I'm pretty much certain I know. They have been formed to look into race-based discrimination and develop and implement a reparations plan, these nine behemoths of industry. That ought to be interesting. I wonder if Pocahontas is going to claim she's Irish and she lives in the city of St. Louis. She'd have to get in line right behind Heels Up Harris, who will claim that she's Irish too, although she will also claim she's black. If Indians get reparations, she'll be Indian. Save for Pocahontas. Those are the chameleons of the world. They morph into whatever is necessary to shake you down for money. They're also called liberals. That's what they do. So the liberals in the city of St. Louis want to give away more money to people that don't deserve it, the people that haven't been harmed in any way just because they're black, even though that very city doesn't have the money to give away. Where are they going to get it? Steal it? Of course they are. From whom? You. You, the taxpayers of the city of St. Louis, will be forced to pay more to a corrupt city government in order to give away money to people who haven't been harmed and don't deserve it. Welcome to St. Louis. What a shithole city that is. Thank God I don't live in those city boundaries. I'd be like the Jeffersons. I'd be moving on up to any side, east side, west side, north side. So I'd get the hell out of that city. I don't know why anybody lives there. What possible reason could you have to live in St. Louis City? That question is starting to be asked more and more about St. Louis County. Those two governments are raping you, just in case you don't know it. But, hey, I don't ever tell anybody where to live. I just point out what's going on in your little old community. And it isn't good. The Reparations Commission has been formed. (laughs) Oh, good grief. You've got the co-founder and executive director of Action St. Louis, Kayla Reed. What do you think she's going to do with the money? Wow. You've got the historian and curator of the Urban Landscape and Community Identity. What, What do these titles mean? These people just come up with titles, don't they? You've got a communications student at Harris Stowe University on the commission. What the hell does she know? Nothing. You've got an attorney, an activist, and a board member of the Dutchtown South Community Corporation, whatever that is. These are supposedly nine volunteers. Now, since they've been chosen, handpicked by a mayor of a corrupt administration and city, you have to think that even though these nine are volunteers, wink, wink, they're getting paid by somebody. They're benefiting in some way. If they're not 
I'll stand corrected, but I'll swear to it till the day I die that they're getting benefits in some way from someone for being on the reparations committee. So that's what's going on locally. Meanwhile, on the national stage, as I said at the top of the show, the most important story in our nation's history has been developing. And that's the Tucker Carlson airing of the videos from the January 6th security cameras that show people innocently walking through the Capitol that have been imprisoned, and in some cases for four years or more in terms of sentences. Others imprisoned in solitary confinement. All of this video exonerates these people. Why was it hidden? Why was it never shown? Instead, the corrupt January 6th committee, by the way, all of whom belong in jail, every single one of them needs to be charged, arrested, prosecuted, and convicted. Every last rotten one of them. And the video tells us that. Julie Kelly has been following the plight of these political prisoners, and she's written a book about them. How many men are being held, Julie Kelly? At least 100 men have been held under pretrial detention orders over the past two years. That means that a judge has denied them bail because the government, DOJ, successfully argued that that individual was a threat to the community. This includes for people charged with nonviolent offenses like obstruction and conspiracy. So, of course, they don't have access to what could very easily be exculpatory evidence contained in this video. But aside from the now, I think, around three dozen men who are held under pretrial detention orders, believe it or not, there are some men going on 24, 25, 26 months denied bail, languishing in jail, including the D.C. Gulag, as the government continues to delay their trials. This all has the imprimatur, by the way, of every judge on the D.C. District Court. I want to emphasize the real villains here are the federal judges in Washington, D.C., who have allowed the government to play every single game to keep this evidence out of the hands of defendants, violating their oath of office to protect the rights of defendants and their due process rights. Can you imagine that? These are federal judges. They're as corrupt and criminal as the government that appointed them. I've been saying for years on this show, if anyone cared to listen, the judiciary is so infested with criminals, it's sickening in this country. This is no better of a legal system than Moscow or Beijing or Pyongyang. It's no better. You might as well be before an Iranian judge in Tehran as be before a federal judge in this country. These people are corrupt SOBs who belong in jail right with the politicians. And none of them will ever be charged. None of them. This is the country you live in. We're either stuck here or we get out to somewhere else and we find out as rotten to the core as this country is. And it is rotten 
to the core. It is corrupt beyond your imagination. Somehow it's still better than the other ones? you got to be shitting me. How can that be? I may have to test that theory. <laughs> I mean, how could any place be worse than this place? We used to think that those other countries were horrific. You wouldn't want to live there or be caught there because their criminal justice system was vicious. It would put you in jail for no reason. That wouldn't happen in the United States. But it does happen. It's happening right now. If you happen to have spoken out against the government about an election, your life is ruined. You're imprisoned. You're jailed. You get lengthy jail sentences. Because the entire weight of the federal government is coming down upon you. You, Mr. Moosehead with horns coming out of your head. Guy couldn't be more innocent. But he's discovered what the message has been the message has been sent to all of us. Don't you dare cross us. We'll show you. We've got the federal judges in our pocket, bought and paid for. Federal judges bought and paid for. This is right out of the Godfather. We know the mob bought judges, but we didn't know the government did, but they do. And the evidence is right here. Carpe diem to Julie Kelly. And Julie, what has our great and honest and fair Justice Department under Merrick Garland been up to in this situation? What they did was arrest people first, find the evidence later, and cover up what could um, potentially uh, exonerate these defendants. That's exactly what they did. Tucker Carlson, you're a hero for playing the video, knowing the blowback was coming from powerful people, people who can imprison everyday citizens in this United States, sentence them to four years in jail. Those are powerful people. And every one of them hate Tucker Carlson. Every one of them. They hate me, but they don't know who I am yet. But they hate me too. They hate everybody like you, everybody who thinks independently, everybody who forms their own opinion based on facts and evidence, as we do here. They hate you. They want to destroy you. They want to destroy your living. They want to destroy your family. They don't care. The the evidence of what I'm saying is everywhere. Pastors being raided in the middle of the night in front of their children with armies coming armed at the front door. Seriously? In this country? A former president's house ransacked, raided his wife's underwear drawer? Seriously? And you think you live in a free country? Are you nuts? You are if you think that. You're batshit crazy. Here's how bad it was. By the way, if I accuse you of something and you didn't do anything wrong, don't you stand on the highest hill and say, keep going. Keep making an ass of yourself because I didn't do anything wrong. Tell us more lies. But that's not what Chuck Schumer did. He attacked Tucker Carlson. Attacked him the day after the first videos ran with Tucker's promise that the second night would have more. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night 
arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. From the mouth of a son of a bitch who lies for a living, who lies to you every single day, who has threatened the lives of Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court House steps, that son of a bitch just told you that Tucker Carlson is the most shameful person in history. This country is a free-for-all of insanity. And that little bastard gets away with it. Well, he wasn't done. He wanted you to believe that he himself ran for his life on January 6th. By the way, can you imagine? Try Now close your eyes. Try to imagine watching little Chucky Schumer running for his life. So, yes, this morning I am furious. Millions of Americans are furious. I was here on January 6th. Many of you saw the footage as I ran for my life, coming within a few feet of these criminals. (laughs) These criminals, which ones? The ones who broke a laptop? The ones who broke a couple of windows? Those criminals? Because nobody was armed, except you people. Millions of Americans are furious, he said. Which millions? Which millions of Americans do you think are furious? Do you think any people in this country bought that January 6th hearing, that committee? Do you think they bought anything they said? If you know someone who did, for your own health, don't associate with those people. They're insane. But Schumer ran for his life, he said. He and and Sandy Cortez were running in tandem for their lives with Mitt Romney close behind. And Mitch McConnell mumbling as he stumbled his way out of the Capitol to safety. Who? Right out of the Lone Ranger. But Schumer didn't stop there. He was furious, as he said, as were millions of Americans. And by golly, Rupert Murdoch and the Murdoch family and Fox News needs to take Tucker Carlson off the air and stop his expose of me and the rest of us in Washington as liars. He's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th to happen. The truth, the truth, he said. He repeated it as if he would recognize it. He wants Rupert Murdoch to order Tucker Carlson not to show exculpatory evidence that makes me, Chuck Schumer, and the rest of these lying pieces of crap in Washington out to be the liars that they are. He wants them ordered to shut up. Ordered. In my lifetime, which has been lengthy to this point, I haven't witnessed anything like that. Not once, not ever. 
where a political jackass is trying to stop a broadcaster from broadcasting the truth. Tucker Carlson said that he invited Schumer to come on his show. He invited Mumbles McConnell. He invites Tillis, any of the big mouths, Pocahontas, Cortez, any of them. Come on my show. Tell me where I've lied. Show me the video that I edited out to doctor this video. Show it to me. You've got it. Show it. Every one of them declined his invitation. Why is that? What did I start this segment up by saying? If I were accused, I'd stand at the top of the hill and tell them, keep going, you liars. But you're lying. But that's not what they're doing. They're running for cover. Oh, Chuck Schumer gets in front of a microphone and mouths off, which is what little cowards do. He's a cowardly person. Chuck Schumer is a coward. He's not alone. Republicans are too. Mumbles McConnell, Tom Tillis, Mittens Romney, all of them joined in with Schumer. They're all in the same camp, folks. Don't think Republicans are any better. They're not. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. I think it's bull****. When you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, or you had to be in close proximity to it, if you were just a tourist, you should have probably lined up at the visitor center and came in on an orderly basis. I I just don't think it's helpful. It's really sad to see Tucker Carlson uh, go off the rails that bad. Uh, The American people saw what happened on January 6th. They've seen uh, the the people that got injured. They saw the damage to the building. Uh, You can't hide the truth. Uh, uh, by selectively picking a few minutes out of tapes and saying this is what went on. It's it's so absurd. And yet that's exactly what the January 6th committee did. They selectively picked moments of the tape and doctored it. They actually doctored it to show things that weren't accurate. They showed a video of down a hallway, and you see Josh Hawley running in the other direction coming across the video. And they said Josh Hawley was a coward because he ran. And yet when Tucker Carlson showed the entire video of that segment, you saw every single senator running through the same path hallway as Josh Hawley did. Now, why were they all running? Were they scared for their life? No, they were told to run by Capitol Police. But that's not what they told you. They told you Josh Hawley was a chicken shit. That's what they told you. So that's what you did, Romney. You and your cohorts selected little snippets of video, then edited it, then presented it. You didn't even present this video. Why? Why'd you hide it? Mitt Romney might be one of the most corrupt politicians in Washington, one of the slickest. Somehow he got his niece reelected to run the Republican National Committee. That's a joke to begin with. You want to talk about a corrupt operation, look no further than the Republicans. They sicken me because they should know better. Pocahontas and the other libs think Tucker giving us information. In other words, information is dangerous. 
I think that's very dangerous for all of us uh, that uh, uh, information has now been revealed. What we've seen from Tucker Carlson is continued lies from a proven liar. What he is doing with the help of House Republicans and Speaker McCarthy, mind you, is dangerous. Dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. She just said, I don't know if you heard her correctly, that information being revealed is dangerous. Let me tell you who it's dangerous to, Pocahontas. You, Schumer, Pelosi, Cheney, Kinzinger, and the rest of you, Romney, Mumbles. It's dangerous to you. Did you ever think you'd hear in the history of your life in this country a sitting senator claim that revealing information is dangerous? Shouldn't we have all the information? We're citizens in this country. And how about the other asshat? Tucker Carlson's a proven liar. What's he ever lied about? What's he ever lied about? You don't have to like him, but what's he ever lied about? Nothing that I'm aware of. But again, if he did, tell us. They never do, if you notice that. They never tell you, he's a liar. Well, what's he ever lied about? He's a liar. Shut up. He's a liar. And that's exactly what they say to you when you stand up to them. Isn't that right, Tucker? What do they say? Shut up. Pull that show off the air. They won't answer any questions. But we have a question which is how in a free country guided by the Constitution were these people allowed to withhold evidence from Jacob Chansley's lawyer? How could that happen? Yeah, how could that happen? That's Duke LaCrosse all over again. You know what happened to that lawyer? He was disbarred. Now, only in America could he be disbarred and serve only one day in jail for intentionally lying about evidence, intentionally hiding evidence that would have sent Duke LaCrosse players to jail for as long as they live, for rape. He got off by just being disbarred and served one day in jail. That's what happens to the people in power in this country, in this so-called system of justice that we live in. If you don't think there are two tiers of justice, you're just not paying attention. Shame on you. And that guy is small potatoes in North Carolina compared to these criminal mongrels in Washington. So if he got off that easy, what do you think is going to happen to these people? I'll answer it for you. Nothing. Albert Watkins from St. Louis happens to be the lawyer for the shaman, the guy with the horns coming out of his head. I'm not a big fan of Albert Watkins, but in this case, he's right when he tells us what this was all about. This is about our justice system being so compromised the very integrity and core of that which we wore as a badge of honor for for the entirety of our nation's history has been rendered a vile disgusting mess by a department of justice that was running amok and they didn't share the video of my client the footage of my client with nine officers surrounding him peacefully wandering about trying to help him trying to get him access to the, the, the Senate chamber, they didn't because it didn't fit their narrative. No, it did not. It didn't fit their narrative, and thus they hid it. 
Never mind that innocent people were going to go to jail because of it. Never mind. Nobody cares. Didn't fit their narrative. They wanted to get Trump. Remember, that's all they care about is making sure Donald Trump never runs for office again. And so why would we show truthful video that exonerates people and renders this thing a dust-up? Why would we show video that says otherwise? We know the answers to that. Steve Krakauer is an author. He wrote the book Uncovered, and he's aware that nobody is swayed by that hocus-pocus January 6th committee. No one was swayed by the total sham that we saw from the January 6th committee. And so now, yes, you would think a media would be curious about lots of elements of January 6th. Like, you would think that maybe they'd be curious, or at least any rational person might be curious about Ray Epps, which, you know, someone who was a leader of the Oath Keepers and was buddies with Stuart Rhodes and is the only person on video on January 5th night and January 6th morning encouraging people to go into the Capitol. And he's getting glowing profiles in the New York Times. Like, Someone should say, what, what is going on? Why is this happening exactly? And so, no, in the service of the narrative, a narrative that no one really in the country is believing, this is the panic we get. Why isn't anybody asking questions about Ray Epps? You heard Steve Krakow say he's the only person the night before or the day of that was encouraging people to go into the Capitol. Only him. And yet, as Steve Krakauer points out, he's getting glowing reviews by the liberal media. How can that be? Think about that. Tucker Carlson, he has the perfect words to sum up this entire sordid mess. As American citizens, we have the absolute right to know the truth and to be given all of the evidence I have a right to all the information I need to make an informed decision about whatever the issue is. That's democracy, right? If they're like, oh, you're not allowed to know that. Really, why am I not? Because I might arrive at a conclusion that's different from the lies you're telling me. Actually, I want that information. Yeah. Fuck you. Carpe quadruple diem, Tucker Carlson. Fuck you is right. Who are these people? Who do they think they are? I'm telling you right now, January 6th was a dust-up. It was nothing. You want a violent insurrection? I wish there was one. I wish there was an overthrow of this government. That's what I wish. I'm not encouraging anybody to do it. You act on your own. You don't need me. But I wish there was. I wish we had a completely different system of government where we had actual people that wanted to serve the government in place, not career criminals like are in Washington right now. These are career criminals. When I mention Charles Manson, everyone shudders. You know what he is. These people are exactly the same. And if you got in their way, they would kill you. If you don't believe me, ask these January 6th prisoners what they've done to their lives. They haven't physically killed them, but they might as well. They've destroyed any chance they have at living a normal life. These are career criminals. The day that you vote for an incumbent, you're voting for a career criminal. 
I've always accepted the presidency and the governorships because they're eight years and that's it. You vote for these people that have been in there more than 10 years, you're voting for a career criminal. Because once these people get in there for a decade or so, they fall victim to the entire system. It's too enticing. Lobbyists are greasing their palms with millions of dollars to vote against the American people. Voting for an incumbent is a sin on the part of the voter. And don't complain when the system is inevitably corrupt because you assisted in the corruption. You voted for your guy or your gal because they've been there so long. They're dynamite. How do you think people like Roy Blunt survived all these years? These morons in Missouri kept voting for him. For what? What did he ever do for you? Ever in history? What did he do in his entire lifetime? What did he do to help any citizen of Missouri? Nothing. And he got a free pass for however many years, 25, 35, 100. Doesn't matter. He could have kept running. He would have kept getting elected. And then we had the investigation into the origins of COVID while I was gone. And Dr. Robert Redfield was called as a witness, a very much a star witness. The guy who headed up the CDC at the time that this all started to happen. And what he had to say is beyond chilling. He exposed the liars like Fauci for what they are, demons. He exposed the government for what it is, a corrupt mechanism to destroy the lives of Americans and take a president down. He did all of that. His life is in danger, I promise you. Dr. Redfield, what did they do to the lab leak theory? This pandemic did not start in January at the seafood market. We now know there was infections all the way back into September. This was a narrative that was decided that they were going to say this came from the wet market and they were going to do everything they could to support it to negate any discussion about the possibility that this came from a lab. Just suppress the information. That's what they did in January 6th. Do the same in COVID. Hey, follow the blue book of the liberals and many Republicans. The truth? We don't want the truth. We can't trust the American people with the truth. We speak for them, Chuck Schumer said. Millions of Americans were furious at Tucker Carlson. I don't know anybody who was. Do you? (laughs) Did anybody that you know in your circle of friends or acquaintances or at work, even liberals, did any of them come up to you and say, I'm furious that Tucker Carlson told us the truth? I'm furious. I'll guarantee you nobody said that. But Chuck Schumer speaks for us, remember? Millions of us are furious because he's furious. He's furious because he's exposed. We're not furious because he's exposed. We're delighted. But the bastard should have been in jail a long time ago. He threatened the lives of two different Supreme Court justices. Doesn't matter, though, if you're Chucky Schumer. A Georgia congressman wondered where the evidence was for a bat spreading the virus, or any animal for that matter. And Jim Jordan knows the answer. 
not one evidence of a certain species, whether it be dog or bat, has ever been shown to have this virus that somehow or another transferred to humans. So there's nine million reasons why they changed their mind. So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position in the only intervening events, a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. And then three months later, Shazam, they get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Well, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Shazam! It's a miracle! Yeah, they uh, they all of a sudden got nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Lord, it's a miracle! Yes, it is, Lord. It's a veritable miracle. Dr. Redfield is a victim in all of this, by the way. Keep in mind, he was the head of the CDC. The Center for Disease Control. The most important job in any pandemic. But he recognized early on it was a pandemic, And then he was excluded from any conversations and any meetings that Fauci held regarding the origin of the virus. Imagine that for a moment, would you? The guy who's the most important person in the room is kicked and kept out of the room while they discuss their criminal behavior. I was exclu- excluded from those discussions. Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there, and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I say, I was only the CDC director, right. and I was sidelined. I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. No matter how badly... We thought the news was going to be about January 6th and the lies they told and this uh, nonsensical origin of COVID being from a bat. The truth is worse than we thought it could be. Who would have ever thought that Dr. Redfield was excluded? I thought at the time that Redfield was in on it. How could I think otherwise? This is what we're hearing, and Redfield's the head of the CDC. He had to be in cahoots. But now we find out that he was kicked out. Why? Because he knew they were lying. That's why. He had a different view of where the origin of the coronavirus came from, and it wasn't some bat flying around a meat mar- wet market, or a meat market for that matter. He wasn't anywhere near Menino's meat market. But here we find out that Redfield is a hero. We are finding heroes are still left in America, patriotic heroes. Now, what's going to happen to them? They're going to face the full resistance of this corrupt government in their personal lives. They may end up dead because that's what corruption does. Corrupt people kill when you expose them. We've seen it. Look at the long list of Clinton associates who are dead. Anything ever happened to the Clintons? No. Let's keep an eye on Dr. Redfield's career. Let's see if he is uh, forced to surrender his medical license. That could be next. They've done that to other doctors through this COVID mess. Peter McCullough. This is what they do, and unless you wake up, they'll keep doing it. 
If you don't think they can do it to you, ask any of the political prisoners that they've put in jail for the last two-plus years. Ask them. They excluded the head of the CDC from any conversations investigating the origin of the COVID virus. Why? Because Fauci knew that it was a lab leak, if indeed it was accidental. I don't know. I don't believe it was accidental, but who knows? There, there isn't evidence yet to say so. That's my opinion. But I haven't been wrong on anything when it comes to this COVID. And the reason I haven't been wrong is because I am bringing you medical scientific data from expert doctors in the field. And this was a lab leak. That's not in dispute anymore. Even the little liar himself, little Hitler Fauci, says now we should keep an open mind. Still remains unknown at this particular point. There are two theories uh, as we're all familiar with now, one is a lab leak theory. The other is that it was a natural occurrence from an animal spillover. The one thing is that we have to keep an open mind about this until there's definitive evidence. Really, that's what he says now. But let's let's remember what Dr. Redfield just said happened when they met to discuss the origin. I was exclu- excluded from those discussions. Uh, uh, why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there, and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I say, I was only the CDC director, and I was sidelined. But Fauci just said the other day, let's keep an open mind. Kind of interesting. I think people are getting angry. I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm speaking for myself, but I have gauged from talking to people. I think people in this country are getting angrier and angrier at all of the lies that have been told about this virus. They've been forced to take an experimental drug that does nothing to help them. I was flying back from Florida next to a woman whose daughter was with her. And we got to talking about, because I was reading Jared Kushner's book and she was asking me what I thought of the book. She said she was going to immediately buy it for her husband when she got to a bookstore. She said she is sorry that she got vaccinated. She said she never got any boosters and she never allowed her children, three of which she has, to be vaccinated. Praise God she made that decision. And she regrets ever falling victim to the lies of ever getting vaccinated. But it makes perfect sense. When you trot a guy out there who's supposedly an expert doctor, the guy we've entrusted, all of this too, and he lies for personal financial gain every day, most people believe him. Now, if you ever believe anything government tells you again, shame on you. They have not eroded the confidence that people had in government or in institutions. They have destroyed it and burned it to the ground. It is nothing but a pile of ashes. Any confidence you ever had of this government doing anything to help the citizens is gone. Because they will do nothing. 
They will do everything to enrich themselves, commit as many crimes as they can and cover them up. And if you expose them, you'll go to jail, not them. Imagine that system of justice. A prosecutor prosecutes Charles Manson, and Charles Manson turns around and puts the prosecutor in jail. (laughs) That's what's going on. That's what they want with Tucker Carlson. He exposed their criminal behavior with video evidence, and they want him silenced. That would be Charles Manson's telling Vincent Bugliosi, the prosecutor out in L.A. County, you shut up. You go to jail. How dare you expose me as a violent, crazed killer who ordered murders? How dare you? And he would then, the prosecutor would then go to jail. That's what they want now. Somebody slapped me silly. The Babylon Bee had a nice story the other day that Oscar ratings increased dramatically because millions of Americans tuned in in hopes that Jimmy Kimmel would be slap silly. <laughs> Somebody better slap me and pinch me because I can't believe this is actually happening in this country. It's hard to believe. Only in this country could the head of the CDC be blocked out of any discussions about the virus that supposedly was a deadly virus. That'd be like saying, we're going to keep Biden out of the loop on the... I'm sorry, he's already out of the loop, silly me, bad example. Do you think Trump would ever be kept out of the loop? Now, we know what his surrogates were doing in order to undermine his presidency. That's corruption 101. Dr. Redfield was asked if Fauci lied, and then he had some words for the Department of Justice. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of -of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. Wow, Department of Defense. That's interesting. They're all liars. Robert Redford was under oath. He just told you they're all liars. For Fauci's part, he's never stopped lying. So one of the things that people maybe don't fully appreciate, that all of the intelligence agencies agree unanimously that this was not engineered. Namely, they didn't deliberately do this to make a bioweapon. Everybody agrees with that. No matter what your prior thoughts were, everybody agrees with that. A lab leak could be that someone was out in the wild, maybe looking for different types of viruses and bats, got infected, went into a lab, and was being studied in the lab, and then it came out of the lab. But if that's the definition of a lab leak, then that still is a natural occurrence. The other possibility is someone takes a virus from the environment that doesn't actually spread very well in humans, and manipulates it a bit, and accidentally it escapes or accidentally infects someone, and then you get an outbreak. Those are the possibilities when you're talking about lab leak. (laughs) He actually says that with a serious face, 
that people might actually believe it. And, of course, the people who are interviewing him, they believe it. They just nod like bobbleheads. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you hear what he just said? First of all, he quoted all of the intel agencies. All of the intelligence people in this country have signed off. They're all in agreement that it wasn't intentionally engineered. The last time we heard all of the intel people sign off on something, it was that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Fifty of them, remember? Fifty intel, some former heads of the CIA, all said that was Russian disinformation. So pardon me, Dr. Fauci, if I want you to shove it up your ass the next time you tell me what the intel department thinks. Because they're paid liars. That's what they are, which is what you are, by the way. But that's what they are. So quit quoting people that are paid to lie. We don't want to hear it anymore. Then he came up with this scenario, insane though it may be, and I believe he should be in a rubber room simply for coming up with that scenario. How long it took him to come up with this, we'll never know. But this is the best you've got? That somebody went out into the wild and encountered bats and somehow got infected with COVID by the bat and then took it back to the lab and infected the whole place and the whole world. Because he went out into the wild looking for bats. <laughs> by the way, where is this secret bat land that you go out looking for bats? Do you go into caves and see if they're hanging upside down? Or do you just go to the bat cave and find Batman? That might have worked. Robin might have been wandering around. Albert. Bruce Wayne. Someone went out into the wild to experiment with bats. How do you experiment with bats, by the way? Do you call them over? Hey, Mr. Bat, could you come over here and sit still now? We're going to see if you have COVID or any disease. And then I guess they bite the guy, or however the virus was transmitted from a bat. Did his wing brush against you? And then you come back to the lab and infect everybody. That's Fauci's scenario. (laughs) The other one was equally absurd, of course, but that was my favorite. So those are the only two ways a lab leak could have occurred, he said, And if that's what happened, it's still a natural origin because the guy went out into the wild. I think Fauci has spent too much time in the wild. I think he might be a bat. He's batshit crazy, so he might be a bat. What a complete effing liar. And then Fauci and his media cohorts teamed up to try to discredit Dr. Redfield. Remember what I said, when you stand up to them, they'll destroy your life. Jim Jordan was asking Dr. Redfield what he was called by these people. Three years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, you were called a nut job. You got censored on Twitter. You were blacklisted on Twitter. You were even called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. Is that right, Dr. Redfield? I think the most upsetting thing to me was the uh, 
Baltimore Sun calling me a racist because I said this came from a Wuhan lab. Dr. Reptil, you were you were, uh, you you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020. Is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered. Virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? You didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. I, I'm, I don't know how Fauci has freedom in this country. I don't know how he's not arrested, charged with multiple murders. And by the way, murder in the first degree, it was intentional. This was all about Fauci hiding the fact that he funded the Wuhan lab with your taxpayer money. He knew this Wuhan lab was up to these experiments, lied under oath to Rand Paul. And then when he got busted, he told lies some more, excluding people like Dr. Redfield from an email chain, from meetings, from discussions. (laughs) Who would support that guy not being arrested? If for nothing else, perjury. Six million times. I mean, he's one of the great perjurers of of all time in history. And keep in mind, they lied to you about January 6th in every facet. They didn't investigate Ray Epps. In fact, they glorified him, even though, as our research assistant pointed out, he sent a text to his nephew saying, I orchestrated it. And orchestrated was in all capital letters. This is what they did. By the way, all of the medical people will tell you that the COVID doesn't jump from an animal to a human or vice versa. Fauci is an evil, mad, I won't call him a scientist because he's not. He's evil. I don't know if you're a Battlehawks fan, the local semi-pro football team that we have here now. But they played their home opener on Sunday. And the day before, their trainer, pretty muscular guy, young in his 20s, died. Just died out of the blue. Now, do you think the XFL, the XFL ex-football league, you think they will do an autopsy and let us all know what killed this young man? Will they let us know if he was vaccinated or not? Guarantee he was. Will they hide it from us? They're good at hiding things. If you went down to see the Battle Hawks on Sunday and you ever go again until they give us the information, you're crazy. You're part of the problem with this country. You continue to support these kinds of bastards every day. 
If you support that football team, you're supporting these lies until they come clean as to what happened to that man and who forced him to get a vaccination if indeed he had one. Did he do it on his own if he had one? Or did the league force it? Let's find out. But they don't like sharing answers. No. People who run that league don't like sharing answers. I'll guarantee that. They're no different than Washington. There might be some liability if it's discovered that they forced him to take a vaccine that killed him. We don't know. We're just asking for them to be clean with the information. Tell us what happened. How did a young man, physically fit, a trainer, mind you, drop dead in his 20s at the peak of health? We'll let them tell us. But don't wait too long for the answer. You'll grow old. So, Dr. Redfield, what three things bother you the most about this lab leak theory? In September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. Wow. They did all those things. Now, what are they hiding? I think you need to hear those three things again. This is what took place in the Wuhan lab. In September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Maximilian Robespierre once said this, The secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. They kept us ignorant. They kept us ignorant of January 6th and what happened. They kept us ignorant in this COVID uh, origin. They keep us ignorant to everything. And now they're keeping us ignorant into what's going on with the banks. Just when we thought it was still deregulation, or excuse me, derailment of trains season, all of a sudden we went right into bank collapse season. I still have my train derailment decorations up. Now we've got banks closing. But just a month ago, people like Jim Jim Cramer, the mad money guy on MSNBC, endorsed the Silicon Valley Bank, despite other people's warning signs. SVB Financial, don't you want? This company's a merchant bank with a deposit base that Wall Street had been stakely concerned about. SVB is the own Silicon Valley Bank. Recently bought one of our favorite research firms, Moffitt Nathanson, and it's become less dependent upon private equity and venture capitalist offerings. Wait a second. Those dried up last year, they could come back. Long-term private equity and venture capital, they're not going away. Being the banker to these invest, immense pools of capital has always been a very good business. SVB's nearly 40% rally this year is barely a drop in the 
That guy still has a job. How many people acted on his financial advice? Because MSNBC portrays him as a financial investment expert. And he told you that bank was solid. No matter what other people said. Put your money there. Congressman Thomas Massey says there's plenty of blame to go around on these bank issues, but the Federal Reserve is at the forefront. Let's don't downplay the Federal Reserve's role in this. They started out as Santa Claus by bringing us almost zero interest rates, which pushed people out of safe investments and into things like venture capital. And then they became the arsonists during COVID because when Congress wanted to spend all that money and nobody would loan it to us, the Fed just created $5 trillion out of thin air, and that's what caused inflation. But don't worry, they came in as the firefighters to put the fire out by dousing it with high interest rates. And now they're like the triage doctor trying to uh, stabilize the patients, which are the banks. Biden saying, oh, well, this won't cost the taxpayers anything. I'll rate that as mostly not true if things get worse. (laughs) Mostly not true. Did anyone watch yesterday when Biden was speaking about these banks collapsing and saying that the taxpayers' money is safe and it won't cost the taxpayers anything? (laughs) Did anybody believe that? Or when he said that, did you say, oh, my God, he's lying again? And why would we think he's lying, Thomas Massey? What they're doing is they insured everybody under $250,000, all the depositors, and, and premiums were paid into that account. But what Biden is going to do right now at the FDIC, they're going to take all of that money they've saved up to protect the $250,000 depositors and spend it on the $10 million depositors. They're basically going all in on the first two or three banks, and they're saying, trust us, this is better than just making the small guys whole. Trust us. Trust us, you fools, you sycophants, you morons. Trust us. We're the government. As Ronald Reagan said, we're the United States government. We're here to help. Those are the words he told you that you never wanted to hear. But here they are telling you, trust us. I'm not so sure putting your money in the bank is a safe place now. Thomas Massey went on to say in part of that interview that he's not taking his money out of the banks right now. There could be a run on the banks. This could be right out of It's a Wonderful Life. But why would anybody feel comfortable in this country? Except for the fact that we we know that they can't let the banks fail. But how are they going to prop them up? With your money. You just heard Massey's explanation. That doesn't give me confidence. Would anyone take financial advice from Jim Cramer ever again? And by the way, that's just the latest in a long line of bad investment advice that that guy gives every day. I'm no champion investor, but I don't claim to be one on television. Millions of people listen to that guy as if he knows what he's talking about. And he does not. It's amazing. And then last week, 
the view struck again while I was gone. They decided to have Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin on. These two just took part in a movie with Tom Brady called 80 for Brady, which, by the way, now tells me that I have no respect for Tom Brady anymore. My respect for Tom Brady had been coming down over the past few years. I once revered him as one of the greatest athletes and a a very honest guy. But when he started to back away from supporting President Trump because someone saw a MAGA hat in his locker, I started to question Brady, his truthfulness, his loyalty. Then he decided he would talk poorly about a coach, Bill Belichick, who gave him his opportunity, who stood by him through some tough times, who enjoyed unprecedented success together. And he badmouthed that coach. Then I really got curious. And now he's made a movie with Hanoi Jane Fonda. Maybe Brady should have checked with some of the Vietnam vets before he made a movie with her. See what they think of her. And if they give you the thumbs up, then go ahead. But maybe you should check with them out of respect, Tom Brady. Just show a little bit of respect for veterans. Ask those guys in Vietnam, hey, a They're proposing this movie with Jane Fonda. You think I should do it? Every one of them would have said no. And they would have said no for legitimate reasons as to what she did in conspiring with the enemy in Vietnam against American soldiers. Again, another liberal freak who should have long ago been jailed and never let out of prison for treason probably should have been executed. We execute people in this country for treason. So she was on The View, and instead of um, promoting the movie, she decided, thanks to the other imbeciles on that show, that they would start start talking about the abortion law, which, by the way, doesn't exist. There isn't an abortion law, but they like to tell you that there is. And, of course, Joy Behor asked her, instead of protesting at pro-life clinics, Does Jane Fonda, Hanoi Jane Fonda, have any other ideas as to how to treat pro-life clinics and pro-life people? Besides marching and and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, Well, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a miraculous... (laughs) What did you say? Murder. (laughs) She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just kidding. Don't say that. Oh, you don't know. They'll pick up on that. Yeah, that's the worst. She's just kidding. Well, let me talk to you about... Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism. Listen to the genius there, Sonny Houston Houston. Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism. How about them all laughing when she said murder? They thought that was funny. Go murder the pro-life people. Oh, she's joking. She's joking. They'll pick up on that. They, meaning us. Of course we'll pick up on that. Anytime you suggest to murder people on national TV, we pick up on it. And when she said she's joking, and then you heard that laughter, it was because the camera zoomed in on Fonda's face, and she made a face like, I'm not joking. And they laughed. That Alyssa Farrah Griffin, the supposed conservative person on there, who was a traitor to the Trump administration and knew nothing, she might be the biggest sycophant on there. She laughs at everything these idiots say in order to keep her job. 
She's an embarrassment. I'd hate to be her family. My God. What kind of people are in that family that raised that coward? But there's Hanoi Jane Fonda. What is she, 95 years old? 17,000 plastic surgeries later? By the way, you know who I think had plastic surgery? Laura Ingram. And it doesn't look good. Just saying. Have you seen Courtney Cox lately? Yeah. She's starting to look like Jane Rivers. I don't know why anyone gets plastic surgery unless, you know, you've had an accident or serious burns or things of that nature. But I don't know why women keep doing it. They don't look better. They look worse, much worse. But I'm digressing. Fonda wants to murder you. She just encouraged the lunatic fringe out there to go murder pro-life people at pro-life clinics. Now, let's say that someone does, and it's likely someone will. Is she going to be held accountable? I mean, they said that Donald Trump incited an insurrection, even though there's no evidence of anything like that. None whatsoever. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary. We don't have Jane Fonda saying that somehow, some way, she was misquoted or she didn't really mean to say that. But we do have Trump's words. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Didn't sound to me like he incited anything, did it? Let's hear her again. Besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with the it. <laughs> She's just kidding. It's well. Let me talk to you about. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism. Shame on you, Tom Brady. Shame on you forever. Why would I think Fox get, is giving him $300 million to broadcast on their network? I guess he's going to do games. Tom Brady will be the dullest broadcaster you've ever heard. It's the second coming of Joe Montana. Everybody thought Joe Montana was going to be this great broadcaster after his playing days were over. NBC hired him. He lasted one year. He was so boring that they had to take him off the air. Now, that's nothing against Joe Montana. He's just not that kind of guy. And neither is Brady. What has Brady ever said that makes you think he has charisma? He's a good-looking guy. That's where it ends. Got plenty of knowledge. Can you ever imagine Tom Brady being critical of a player who performs horribly? I can't. So shame on Brady for being associated with someone like Jane Fonda who wants to murder. Of course, she doesn't want to do it. She's too big of a coward. She wants you to murder for her pro-life people and pro-life clinics. Blow them up, burn them down, 
It's okay with Jane Fonda. Adam Carolla scratches his head and wonders why anybody watches The View. I don't even know why people watch The View. Why do we watch The View? These are the dumbest people on the planet saying some of the most idiotic stuff ever. And we all just watch and we go, I can't believe what this idiot said this week. Except for this is like your drunken uncle showing up for Thanksgiving, getting loaded, and then us going, can you believe what Lou said? Yes, that's all they say is dumb things. Every single week... But I kind of like The View because I feel like we get a little glimpse behind the curtain of how dumb people think. (laughs) He's right. That is true. It's like a friend of mine who's a psychologist said to me one time, do you you know why you can't understand crazy people? I said, no. And she said, because you're not crazy. And Adam Carolla is right. We don't understand how people could say things this dumb, this stupid. So it's good to get a glimpse behind the curtain of how dumb people think. Except they don't really explain how they think. They just say dumb stuff. What else happened while I was away? Colin Kaepernick has written a book. Now he blames his white adoptive parents for whatever plight he claims he's suffering from today. This guy is the greatest victim of all time, isn't he? He suffers constantly. And yet, while he's suffering, he's making millions of dollars. So he's not suffering that much. But think about the two people that adopted him. A white family adopt this mulatto kid, part black, part white, into a white family, well-to-do family. He's blessed with countless opportunities to play organized sports as a kid, gets the best coaching, goes on to a football scholarship at Nevada, Gets into the NFL, starts a game in the Super Bowl. Gets paid millions by Nike, despite never having one thing to say that anybody cared about. And now he talks about his blackness in a white family. To really take hold of my blackness and do it in a way that I was proud of and I was excited about. And the difficulty with that is being in white culture. So it's trying to navigate that while having a white family and being in a predominantly white community and trying to find ways to make sure that my identity and my blackness isn't stripped from me. Wow. Take hold of my blackness and make sure my blackness isn't stripped from me. Because white people had the kindness in their hearts to adopt this loser What were they supposed to do? Go live in the ghetto so you'd feel more at home? You piece of crap. How dare these white people who adopted me and gave me every break in the world, how dare them live among white people? I've got to take hold of my blackness. Does anybody know what that means, by the way? If I say to my friends today, you know, it's time for me to take hold of my whiteness. Would any of my friends know what I'm saying? Would they look at me like I was... What happened to you in Florida? What do you mean take hold of your whiteness? Don't lose the identity of my whiteness. (laughs) Every day I look in the mirror, I know I'm white. How can I lose my identity unless I'm borderline retarded? And I don't say that in any derogatory way to people who are. This guy is. There's something wrong with him. 
And yet at the same time, you almost stand back and admire his genius at using his blackness, his half-blackness, to create this illusion that he's somehow a victim and says, please, people, keep giving me money. And then they do. So I sit back in admiration. Congressman Byron Donalds is not admiring Colin Kaepernick. His parents decided to adopt him uh, out of the goodness of their heart. They raised him. Uh, part of his success being an NFL quarterback is part of, of what they did, instilling and nurturing in him and his life. I just couldn't imagine, you know, doing that to somebody who raised you. You know, I think about my mom. Like, you know, my mom said a lot of tough things to me growing up about how I'm supposed to comport myself and carry myself uh, as an individual uh, in America. And so to write a book about that, I, I, just, I just couldn't get there. And so that's the thing that's problematic about this, because they decided to make a decision for themselves to care for him. And so in my view, to not honor them, I just think is wrong. Carpe diem to Byron Donalds, the congressman from Florida who happens to be black. Yeah, he has respect for his parents. That's why he couldn't get there to write a book that tears into his parents because they showed tough love at some point. So parents do, Kaepernick. You wouldn't know, not being a parent, of course. Couldn't be bothered. Horace Cooper, who's also black. What does Kaepernick's book tell you, Horace? It just tells me um, racism is so awful in America that Colin Kaepernick's little coloring book is likely going to be a bestseller because everybody is on the racism train. You know, I look at this story of his life, and what I see is a life that many millions of Americans would be grateful for, would find it a amazing story of the possibilities of what makes America. You got Prince Harry, you got Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Two super, super privileged people complaining about how they grew up. Amazing. <laughs> it is flabbergasting, isn't it? Harry, Prince Harry and Kaepernick, both of whom are ultimately uber wealthy, complaining about how they grew up. Good Lord. I love Horace Cooper. Colin Kaepernick's little coloring book will likely be a bestseller. He's right. All the victims out there will run out and buy it. Or they'll have someone else buy it for them. That's how socialism works, right? Hey, you over there, you look like you have a little money. Would you buy this book for me? I shouldn't have to. And while I was away, Dr. Jill found a way to insult every 30-year-old in this country. She was trying to convince Americans that somehow her husband, Wuhan Willie O'Talibiden, works a tough, tough schedule. How many 30-year-olds could travel to Poland, get on the train, go nine more hours, go to Ukraine, meet with President Zelensky? How many 30-year-olds could take a plane ride and then a train ride? I'd go out on a limb and say, all of them. I'd say all of them could do that, wouldn't you? Why did she decide to insult 30-year-olds? 
How many 30-year-olds could do what Big Joe does? (laughs) Every last one of them. Now, keep in mind the workhorse schedule that Joe keeps. Here's the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, making sure we know. Yesterday, as I think we read out two uh, hesitate calls that he had uh, with, um, uh, I believe, with the Oman uh, and also with uh, President Macron. Uh, we read those two calls out. And so the president is always working, always making sure that he, he, not even always making sure, he does have the American people at the top of mind every day. So if I understood that correctly, Joe Biden's workhorse schedule included two phone calls in two days. <laughs> two phone calls in two days. But she said, she had to correct herself, he has the American people top of mind. He doesn't think he does. He just has them top of mind. He made two calls in two days. How many 30-year-olds could do that, Jill? Probably none of them. That should ensure that all 30-year-olds vote for Donald Trump. Not not Biden. He doesn't think you could get on a plane and then get on a train. By the way, on that plane, Air Force One, it's more comfortable than being at home in the White House. And you have waiters waiting on you. And when you get to the train that took him in Poland, I'm pretty sure that wasn't like the train that circles your Christmas tree every year. I'm pretty sure that train for Biden, at least, was majestic. But any 30-year-old could make a trip in coach and sit at the back of the train and accomplish the same thing and then make three phone calls in two days instead of two. But Joe the workhorse, he reminds you of that plow horse out in the field, doesn't he? Work, work, work. Constant, never ends. I don't know if you're paying attention to Janet Yellen the other day. She admitted that 90% of IRS audits would be of small businesses and families, not the upper 1% and the businesses that failed to pay their fair share. I'm talking about the proportion of those um, small businesses and families. Okay, so Um, the proportion, I mean, just for the record, the proportion is 90%. So 90% of the new audits... Uh, will be, you know, according to according to the data that we can expect uh, up to ninety percent of new audits uh, to to be on those uh, making less than four hundred. Incredible, isn't it? They can't even lie well. She got caught, and then Margaret Brennan of CBS all of a sudden grew a small spine and asked her a question, and Yellen gives no real answer. This is what Biden's people do all the time. They leave you with your eyes bugged out going, huh? Can you say whether there will be other regional bank failures? Well, look, let me just say that we want to make sure that the troubles that exist at one bank don't create contagion uh, to others that are sound. And um, a goal always of supervision and regulation is to make sure that contagion can't uh, can't occur. We don't want any of that contagion. Get rid of that nasty contagion. She's a lunatic. <laughs> Why do we keep having these older-than-dirt people? And by the way, age isn't the problem. 
It's how old they are, not their number. But these are decrepit, old, doddering fools. I don't care if you're 90, if you're sharp. If Ronald Reagan hadn't contracted Alzheimer's, I would have loved to have seen him in the third and fourth and fifth term. Of course, you can't do that, but I would have loved to have seen it. But this guy not only is demented, despite being able to do what no 30-year-old could do, he appointed people that are just as loony as he is. There was some testimony last week that maybe you didn't see because it came from a Marine who lost his limbs on that bombing at the Afghan airport during the evacuation when 13 other Marines were murdered by Biden. Marine Tyler Vargas Andrews describes the chaos at that airport and how he called his superiors and asked for permission to shoot ISIS and Taliban during this evacuation. We asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor. Came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. Then a flash and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. And my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings. And his superior wouldn't let him shoot. Where'd those orders come from? Who's the commander-in-chief? If you don't think Biden's a murderer, if you don't think Cuomo's a murderer, if you don't think Fauci's a murderer, then you need to redefine what a murderer is. These are killers. They're serial killers. Every last one of them. Our research assistant decided to have some fun while I was gone and found a song that was written as a tribute to Disney's new Woke World. Welcome to Woke World. Welcome to Woke World, we like to say. Screw you, Ron DeSantis, and your bill don't say gay. Let's defund the cops and castrate all the men. Religion is for losers, being white is a sin. This whole country is full of racists. It's the truth. It rhymes. I read it in the New York Times. Welcome to Woke World. Please won't you stay. We will burn your cities down unless you obey. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Wow, you know, the funniest things are always true, aren't they? And that's true. Tell you what else is true. Cars, trucks. SUVs, not planes, not trains, but those other things you can get at stl-cars.com. stl-cars.com. You can call them or text them, 314-309-3633. 314 
309-363-3. They're a locally owned and operated company. They're right there off Manchester Road in Ellisville. If you think the car buying experience is like going to the dentist and getting your teeth pulled, if you don't want to go and waste your Saturday going from dealership to dealership and having a sales manager bust you over a $10 paper fee so that he can get a little commission, if that's not your idea of a thrill, call or text stl-cars.com today. When you go to that website, you can view all of the cars in their inventory, over a 1,000 cars, SUVs, and trucks. Pick the one you want. Tell them the price you want to pay, and they'll get that car for you. If you can't find in their inventory the exact one you want, call them and tell them what you want. And here's what I want to pay. They'll go get it, and it's yours. It's not any mystery involved. It's very simple. I've done it three different times. I've done it. My son just did it. Got his car shipped to him from Alabama. He didn't pay for it. STL-cars.com. It's that simple. Three steps. Find the car you want. Go to their website. Tell them the price you want to pay. They'll get it for you. They'll even deliver it to you, by the way. You don't even have to go pick it up. But you can go pick it up if you want. That's stl-cars.com. Call or text 314-309-3633. 309-3633. Make sure when you do that that you ask for Don. Tell Don that we told you to call or text. 314-309-3633. Well, I think we've covered most of the ground since I was gone. Maybe we left something out. Maybe not. But if we did, I'm sure you'll let us know. So you can call us after we take this break, 
Welcome you back in. Sorry I was caught uh, doing something, but I'm back. We're back at it. Hopefully you're back at it with us. Our phone lines are going to be open for you, 636-538-0746. I hit it again, didn't I? That was accidental. Tell you what, you can't touch anything. It doesn't all of a sudden explode in my face. Anyway, our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, Good morning. You're on the Window World King's Court. How are you today? Good morning, Kevin. This is Bobby from Phoenix, Arizona. Out in Phoenix. How's the weather in Phoenix, Bobby? Uh, it was 87 yesterday, Kevin, and windy still. So still windy. I still don't like to play golf in the wind, but 87 we like. Yeah, I'm convinced that Florida just has those ocean breezes forever. It's not really strong wind mostly, but right. uh, but we played, and uh, I hate playing golf in the wind. But nonetheless, it wasn't too bad. I agree. Hey, Kevin, while you were away, I didn't know if your um, your specialist had told you or not, but uh, there's been another Clinton conspiracy murder. I did not know about that. Who died? Dana Hyde, 55 years old, was taking a private jet with five other people from either Maryland to Connecticut or Connecticut to Maryland, one of them. And she was the only one died of air turbulence, blunt force. Um, what do they call it? Blunt, blunt, force, blunt force to the bomb. head. Is that what it was? Yeah. Blunt force trauma. Yeah. What do you think? Well, anytime I th- think, uh, or anytime I see anyone in the sphere around the Clintons die, I think bad things. Because I, it, it doesn't seem like anyone accidentally dies around them. It's always no. a unique and weird circumstance. Exactly. And I know there's going to be a lot more people, Kevin. I just wanted to tell you that one in case you missed it. But we're, we welcome you back, and it's a great show. And keep keep fighting the truth. I appreciate it, Bobby. Thank you for the call. All right. See you, Kevin. Take care Bye-bye. now. Yeah. 
that's another one for you. I'm telling you, these Clintons are dangerous. They're not alone, though. I mean, if you take a look at these people all over the place, liberal in liberal view, liberal land, I mean, what's going to happen to Redfield? Now, Redfield at one point may have been one of them. Who knows? Because like I said, originally I thought he was one of them. But then he was out as the CDC head, and I don't know what caused his ouster. Now, he may have technically resigned, but did he? That's the problem with these government situations. You don't know. You don't know. And we'll never know. 636-538-0746-0746. Those are the numbers, or that's the number if you'd like to call us. Dana Hyde, huh? We'll get into some of that. Uh, Trump spoke in Iowa last night. I'm sure most people were aware of that. Uh, DeSantis was in Iowa last Friday speaking. Now, if you look at the two candidates, it's a two-horse race, by the way. Anybody thinks it's not is drinking some some heavy-duty stuff. So far, Trump hasn't even taken the gloves off. He really hasn't. I mean, if you think of the things he said, Ron DeSanctimonious, okay, it was stupid, actually. And he needs to stop that. There's no reason to do that. Just talk about your successes. And he has been now. And he's also talking about things that he will do in in his next four years as president. DeSantis also has a record to run on. But the truth is, in DeSantis's case, he has stood up in situations against all these liberal psychos. But really what he was doing was he was simply standing up for Donald Trump's policies. Ron DeSantis is the Donald Trump of Florida. And without Donald Trump, and this is just a fact, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be governor of Florida. Now, on re-election, he won handily. But his original election, if you remember, was by a very slim margin, the slimmest of margins. And even DeSantis at the time said that Trump put him over the top with his endorsement. So I just think that we all ought to take a deep breath when it comes to these two guys because they're the ones who are going to, those two are going to be the ones that carry the Republican and conservative life into the White House. One of the two of them. It's my preference that they run together, that Trump would run for president, DeSantis for vice president. Then you have Trump for four years and DeSantis for eight, and that would be the preference for me. 12 years of those two in the White House, we could straighten the country out in those 12 years. We could. I don't know about the culture, but we could, if you want to defund something, defund the public school system. The cops aren't hurting anybody. The public school system is destroying the minds of children. Let's defund that. Let's put every one of those superintendents and those principals and those teachers out of business. And then when they're all gone, you can reinstitute a public school system that will have the proper curriculum. 
That's right, everything we always grew up with. The education that will serve us better in life, not the bullcrap they're forcing down the throats of our kids today. So you want to defund something, and if I were Trump, I would run on that. I'm going to defund the public school system until we straighten it out. And I would break the union. I would break that teacher's union to, into bits. It's worthless. It's destructive. I know all the union people out there going, what, what, union breaker? Let me tell you something. If you're in a union right now, is it doing anything for you? Think about it. Of course not. There's not even a need for unions anymore. You don't get anything extra by being in a union. If you are, I'd like to know what it is. You think you're getting more money? Come on. And I laugh at the professional sports unions. They're not even unions. In a union, let's say you're an electrical worker, your union negotiates a contract for all electrical workers. Teachers the same way. It's for all teachers. You've been there a certain amount of years, you get paid X amount of dollars. You don't get to negotiate yourself. But athletes all negotiate their own deals. How is that a union? I don't get it. But I would defund the public school system the first thing I'd do if I were president. And then we can start out. That's how you change the culture back. Because until you change that, you're not going to change the culture. They've hijacked the culture, and they've run away with it. And then I would enact sweeping, with an executive order, sweeping reform to political campaign contributions. And you know what? There's no need for candidates to travel to every state. And that would stop it. There's no need for candidates to develop these huge war chests. And that would stop it. Let the networks televise your speeches. If they don't, they don't. But you can invoke the fairness doctrine on the networks. In other words, it is law that if you give Donald Trump X amount of airtime, you have to give Biden X amount of airtime. So they couldn't shut one candidate out. They'd try to shut Trump out, but they can't. So that's how you do it. That's, that's how you reform election laws. You take the money out of it. And you have to have people involved that when there's a violation of a campaign contribution, and I don't mean a $5,000 mistake, I mean big money, those people go to jail. Now, if you're thinking of giving a candidate $10 million, and if you get caught, you go to jail, you might hold on to your $10 million. There's a lot of different things you can do. But instead of doing something for the citizens of the city of St. Louis, for instance, Tashara Jones has announced a nine-person commission for reparations. I'd like to see what a poll in the city of St. Louis says about the voters in the city of St. Louis, even though they're all Democrats. I bet you the poll for reparations would be three to one against. If not, I hope St. Louis squat. Uh, chokes in its own vomit, goes so broke that no one can revive them. 
and that it ceases to be a city. And the Department of Education also needs to be eliminated, as our research assistant suggested. And I think that's true, too. Why not? Get rid of them. Get rid of the entire Department of Education. I'd be okay with that. They are the criminals, aren't they? They've destroyed the culture for the kids. Time to go. It's time for us to go, too, but we certainly have enjoyed coming back uh, from vacation. It's always harder to come back from vacation, but it's easier because of folks like you who listen to the show. Keep in mind, because of you, we're in the top 5% worldwide of all podcasts, over 3 million podcasts. Thanks to you, we've cracked the top 5%. All you have to do to help us, and you can do it daily. You don't have to do it just once. You can do it daily. Google Kevin Slayton King's Court. Scroll down to where Apple Podcasts. Click on that on the three little dots. Click follow. And then scroll down to where you can write a review and just say, I like the show. I hate the show. The show sucks. The show's great. doesn't matter what you write. Just so you give us a review. And that will help us grow even further. We thank you for that. You can hear the podcast, of course, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and any place that has great podcasts. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.